This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast. Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about breeding. Well, Kevin, you have a German heritage, right? So you know about breeding and selecting traits and and what attributes you want to carry on to the next generation and the perfect seed. You know about that kind of thing, right? Isn't that in your history? Well, that's just that's just rude, man. <laughs> you find that that's a little offensive. Oh, and our, our yeah, modern- we're talking about we're talking about selecting seeds for your garden. You know, oh, for the we're garden. Talking about right. genocide. Yeah, no, this is not <laughs> not that topic. Oh. And my German heritage came to the United States well before World War II. Let's just be clear on that. About two days before, is that what you're telling me? Yeah, just just before, but okay. Um, right. now you can go back historically. Uh, quite a bit when it comes to this this topic, um, you know, famously, George Washington and, and Thomas Jefferson wrote a lot about um, uh, seed saving, um, selecting traits, you know, uh, what seeds, what plants to collect seeds from. Um, and, uh, you know, it goes back, you know, even pumpkins, pumpkins go back uh, about 7000 years in Mexico and the United States. Mm. People have been harvesting them since you know, since things like uh, giant sloths and, and uh, you know, some of those old giant creatures lived and they would eat the, the pumpkins and just shit the seeds out. Mm. Um, now, I do, I do my gardening in a similar fashion, usually. Uh, what I'll do is I'll just eat a handful of, you know, say cucumber seeds. <laughs> and then shit them out the and yard. And I'll bring newspaper out in the yard, yeah, and I'll just walk around and think about where do I want cucumbers next year. All right. You know? And that's try- how I try and do my seed saving. You know, I try and uh, work it into, you know, 
planning and and collecting on you know in the same same day or two. Well, that sounds like excellent planning right there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's the foresight that makes uh, makes it all come together. You know, um, that's okay. right. That's right. Yeah. You just kind of threw me on that. I I don't even know where to go now. <laughs> um, so. I guess, I mean, you could start a couple of things. When when you plant your garden, initially, you have to have some kind of idea if you want perfect seed saving. Like if collecting seeds is your goal, you want to be aware. Um, the, the big thing that's a concern is, is cross-pollination. Um, there's a bunch of plants where that'll, you know, become an issue uh, certain plants like tomatoes, you're okay, where they pretty much pollinate themselves. And it's rare that you're going to have that intermingling. But things like, especially like the big one that you always hear about is like corn. Corn will like, you know, pollinate from the wind for, you know, forever. Uh, the general rule for your garden, if you want to keep like a pure seed, um, is about 100 yards is what they recommend. Uh, away. Uh, they do have something that you can buy called blossom bags. Um, so as soon as your plant starts to flower, if you put one of these little blossom bags around it, you could protect that inside your regular, you know, garden. So it wouldn't become pollinated. Um, that is something you could plan out again. This is if you're worried about pure seeds. Um, you do run the risk of your cherry tomatoes becoming full-size tomatoes or something like that. I know that I suggested that tomatoes, you know, don't usually do it, but you get the idea. Things can definitely turn and believe it or not, it can get crazy. Like watermelons can uh, pollinate, you know, pumpkins and, and things like that. You can get, you know, because the gourds, they're all like in the same family kind of thing. And I know you wouldn't think a pumpkin and a, and a watermelon would be, you know, buddies, but it's all squash. They can all pollinate. But so. Yeah. Another one that another one that um, that does that a lot is is apples. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to get a true specific type of apple growing in your yard, you know, like a, a Granny Smith that you have to specifically buy the tree. Um, you can't take a seed from one of those apples and plant it and expect that you're going to get the same type of apple because you don't know what it's been pollinated with. And they cross pollinate quite a bit. Yeah. And I mean, you know, think of how bees love, you know, apple trees and how far they travel and, and that kind of stuff. And it's not just bees, um, you know, a lot of stuff. So anyway, let's uh, let's kind of jump right into this. So basically, why? Let's talk about for a minute, why would you want to save seeds? I mean, that's as a prepper, you know, you can go to the store, you can buy seeds. Um, How long, you know, seeds will typically last only about really for perfect germination. I mean, you hear people want seeds that are a year, two years at the most. Um, Definitely, it's Mm -hmm. reasonable to think that you're going to have some kind of germination at five and six years but it's going to be a lot lower percentage. Um, I think you're looking at probably like 50% at like five years. Um, now, definitely if stored properly, I mean, things happen. I, I've heard of people finding seeds that are 80 years old and planting them and having, 
you know, germination. So it definitely can happen. Um, but, right. But that's uh, under perfect conditions. You right. know, it's any sort of moisture, any anything in that in that time period, you know, will damage those seeds. So, you know, you really have to be and, you know, even for storing the seeds over over the, the winter. Um, you really want to be careful with them because you can you can damage the seeds if they get if they get you know damp or um, no banged up there, at all. There are companies that sell those seed vaults and that kind of thing, and those are good. But realistically, in a perfect world, you would want to kind of use those seeds each year and buy another one and assume it's going to last you five years. You know, from there when they're stored in the nice bags that are completely blocking out light and that kind of thing. So, I mean, that's something to do, but you still want to keep cycling through those. Definitely don't buy like, you know, your seed vault from one of these companies and think, Oh, I can put it on the shelf. And that's right there with my 25 year storage. I'm good. You may get some germination, but you're not going to get great germination out of that. Uh, That's definitely not the go-to. So, the idea would be if if the world kind of, you know, shut down and you went into a shit hits the fan kind of survival world or, you know, maybe you had some kind of mutant GMO uh, kind of thing where new seeds weren't really available, that kind of stuff. That's when uh, you having your own seeds is going to come into play and obviously perpetuating and, and keeping things for long term. I mean, to me, I imagine that would be a great barter item in the uh, shit hits the fan kind of situation would be seeds. I mean, to me, that's something everybody's going to be after and and excited about. So being able to save and harvest seeds, I mean, shit, I'd rather have seeds than silver when my kids' bellies are empty, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. Just keep that in mind. Um. So, well, let's talk about it. So the pollination, not the end of the world. Um, You know, it's just if you are trying to keep, you know, pure plants of a certain kind, you love one variety of of something. Uh, The cucumbers are perfect from this. They're the perfect size. They're the perfect taste, whatever. Then you want to, you know, kind of do what you can do to keep them. Now, some people will grow just one type of cucumber and that's it. Um, A lot of times early on when you're starting, you might try different varieties, see what grows great in your garden and then find the one that really works for you. And then you could keep harvesting the seeds from that type and go that way. That might be, you know, a great plan and and a great approach on how to do it. So let's kind of get into it a little bit. Um, so you guys know things like broccoli and lettuce. Um, you know, they say it, it goes to seed or it bolts, right? Um, so if you pick the fruit, it's never going to go to seed. That That's basically, well, no. If there isn't fruit on it at that point, it's never going to go to seed is what I guess I want to say. So like you could take all the lettuce, you know, you could take leaves off it over and over again And then towards the end of the season, you can let it, you know, grow out and then grow up to seed and then harvest the seeds. That's definitely something. So that's going to have those like flowering branches up top. You want to let it go to kind of a full maturity there and where they actually start to dry on the plant. Um, 
you would then take those inside. You can kind of just like shake them off, um, shake them off on a piece of paper. And you want to leave them out for about a week and let them just completely dry. Uh, you want them away from moisture, definitely away from direct sunlight, but they can be like on your kitchen counter. You just don't want them in the windowsill where, you know, they're cooking kind of thing. This is for about a week. Then you're going to typically take the, uh, take the plant and then, or to, sorry, take those seeds and you're going to, you know, put them into something you're going to store them more long-term. Um, you guys all know that the, uh, seeds usually come in those thicker kind of wax paper kind of bags. You can buy seed bags, um, seed containers. They sell, uh, like those little manila envelope kind of things. You could definitely use those. Um, and a lot of people even just use Ziploc bags. But once you have them set aside, you're going to want to put them somewhere dark and cool and dry. All right. So we keep having a little technical difficulty with the audio. So we'll see. Um, so moving right along, the uh, the next cool thing is, is anything with that gel inside. Um, think like tomatoes cucumbers um I, I don't know that's all i really got what what else has the gel inside uh oh they they say slimy fruit like melons think like cantaloupe things like that um those those are different so what you want to do with a, a something like that is you want to let it ripen completely and basically just at where you'd pick it and be ready to eat it or maybe even into the next day. Like a tomato might start to get that little softness a little bit, but definitely not rotten or, or you know, too far. Um, you want to pick it. And like a tomato, typically you would cut it in half, scoop out the seeds in the gel and put it in like a, a jar. And it needs to ferment. So what you would do is uh, you can, now I've heard, several different versions on how to do this. One version is mix it with like a 50-50 seeds and gel and then water and kind of like just kind of slosh it around with your hand on the jar, kind of, you know, move it around a little to mix it up. But you don't want to get in and like violently stir or anything. That'll kind of help with the fermenting process. And you want to leave it on your counter for like two days. Again, not direct sunlight, just kind of in the house, that kind of thing. Then you'll run it through a strainer and get all that gel stuff off. And then you're going to let those seeds dry again with that typical wait about a week or whatever to dry. And, and then you'll, uh, you know, put it away in your cool, dark place for long-term storage till, you know, next season. Um, that that's one way I've seen the exact same process, except with no water, and people do that. Then I've seen another trick that what the Amish have been known to do. Again, this is stories people have told me I wasn't hanging out with the Amish. Kevin might have some stories about hanging out with the Amish. I don't know. But but me, not so much. Although I do have a beard. I so say, who knows? I do, yeah, I do appreciate the Amish beard game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So moving right along. What they would do is they would take like a tomato 
and slice it and set it on the dirt. But so like you have some nice clean dry dirt and they set the tomato slices on it and they just put it right in the uh, dark place. I, I guess I didn't really hear if they uh, let it dry like that. I mean, I'd imagine you'd let it dry for a couple days right there mm. and then put it in that darker place. Mm. Anyway, they leave that. And then when springtime comes, they'll go out and water it and start to, you know, I'm sure you can look online that, that kind of method and get the exact process, but that's the gist of it. They'll water it and bring it out to the, the sunlight. Once things start to pop up there, obviously the key to storing any seeds is it has to be away from light and moisture. Um, right. Those if you have light big, big ones there. and moisture, they're going to start to germinate and do their thing. They're going to, you know, their metabolism is going to speed up and they're going to start to do things. So that's something you need to be aware of, but you know, who knows? Uh, so that will work with, like I said, cucumbers, tomatoes, melons, that kind of thing. Um, now like watermelons, I told you were a little different watermelons, pumpkins, squash, gourds like that stuff where you have that kind of hairy inside. Those are actually like fermenting inside the plant as or inside the fruit. Those you can just take out and set them to dry right out of the, the, the fruit. And again, right. those are going to be now the bigger seeds like that you're going to take like a week to two weeks of drying and then put them away. But again, never in direct sunlight. Uh, you don't want to use heat to really, uh, you know, dry them out. I've been told if you're in like a really damp climate, you can put it where it's like 90 degrees or something, something to kind of, you know, warm it up and, and do it. But you're definitely in a dangerous area and that's something you're going to have to do more research than I can give you on that. If you know, you want to do that. Uh, there's other cool stuff like okra, things like that. You can actually just let that like dry right on the plant and then shake the seeds out and then put them right into, you know, your storage container there and, and set those aside and do that. So that's kind of cool. Uh, things like, <clears throat> basil or something like that you would actually uh wait until it like ripens and dry and then dry it you know in the cool dry place kind of like you're getting with the lettuce and and like that uh beans beans are believe it or not are kind of the seeds and ready to go right as they are you don't really need to do much of anything with beans you just kind of need to dry them out and put them like when you get that bag of dried beans at the store, you could plant those and a lot of, you know, you're not necessarily, usually it's the GMO issues and things like that, that you might have iffy uh, germination, but those yeah, but for the most part, plantable. yeah, for the most part, those you could, you could plant those, you know, assuming also that you live in, in the right, you know, area as far as climate, you know, temperature whatever. and yeah. climate for it. Yep. But so that's something you might want to try. I mean, that would be the kind of thing, though, you would want to try now. Um, really, all these things are the things you want to try now. You know, at the we're, we're coming to the end of the season in the south. I know your season's already passed in the north. Um, mm. But where you could start to grab some of these seeds and, and things like that. Now, people talk about 
the seeds to save. So what type of fruit, like you'd want to pick like a nice, healthy looking piece of fruit. Cause you want a plant, you want the seeds from the plant that's kicking ass. Right. Right. You so don't want to be like, Oh, that one's small and shitty. Over. I'll use that for yeah. seeds. That's not the yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. You know, it is, it actually does come back to Kevin's German, uh, heritage and uh you know the the proper selection of the best you know you want right, the olympian right, right? You, you want the right one that and you want to try and exactly you want to try and cross pollinate um in that same Traits kind of man like right right um you know so you might have one that tastes great but doesn't you know maybe uh doesn't grow as large something like that right you might want to think about putting those two next to each other and see what kind of results you get there's really like a lot of people, I mean, it's one thing if you're growing seeds to sell, which actually can be a really profitable, you know, business and, and thing like that, but you can, uh, you know, then, then you got to be a little more careful unless, you know, you want to make your own blend, you know, right. but if you want to sell something as true, you know, whatever, I, I don't know, uh, what hothouse tomatoes or whatever the hell it is people sell, but, uh, you, you know, then you got to keep it pure. But if you're just, you know, if you want Kevin's badass tomatoes, then you can kind of make your own damn thing you want. And you mm-hmm. can kind of pollinate it that way. I've heard of people using like a paintbrush to cross pollinate their plants and that kind of thing and see what kind of yield they get. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know I was talking to my wife and there's some weird things with like flowers and stuff. And I'm sure there might be with this where you could have flowers and take the seeds from it and then end up getting a different version of that flower out of those seeds unless like you wait till the tubers and the things you know completely form then it'll kind of lock into that one type so there are variations of when you harvest it and different things you know it's it's kind of you know it's kind of a fun game and you right. want to kind of experiment and try with it. I know uh, you guys know we get a lot of feedback from uh, Darren at Mayhem Country Living there. And Darren's actually pretty into seeds and collecting seeds and, and doing that kind of thing. I'm sure he has some great videos that you can check out and kind of expand your knowledge on that. And it's just neat to talk to other people and you know see the different things that they're doing. But once you start doing this and develop this skill, it's going to be something that really pays off in the long term. Now, if you're going to get killed two months into the apocalypse, don't even worry about the seed saving because that's not really going to pay off for you like you think it might. <laughs> but, that's right. but if that's you're right. planning on long-term survival, then mm-hmm. I would say this might be something you want to look into. Yeah. And, and this is, you know, this is great for, for people that are into homesteading and, yes. you know, simple gardening and, uh, you know, all, all sorts of, uh, great uses for this sort of stuff. But now, uh, nuts are a little bit different when you're collecting nuts, say from, from, uh, trees, whether it's, um, yes. <clears throat> um, chestnuts or, or whatever it is, you want to collect those when they fall when they would naturally fall so you might you know put a spread a blanket out underneath a a tree and shake it down and uh you're just going to remove the fruit a lot of these like uh like chestnuts will have fruit on it and you just kind of disregard that you're really after the nuts with those um 
And you're going to want to basically kind of... <clears throat> you kind of want to going to want to rinse those off, um, get the fruit off, get the pulp off, and then you know just store those for you know store those in a in a cool dark place like you would with the rest of your seeds. Sounds right. Um, yeah, I don't know nothing about nuts, so it's good you're yeah. my go-to there on that. I'm yeah, fascinated. Everyone grows peanuts around me, and I'm like, they grow in the ground? I don't even <laughs> understand. Right. But anyway, go on. Yeah, well, some some of these you really can't – it's really not easy to save. Things like uh, walnuts and oak, they're kind of seeds that, that want to be planted right away. Um, so you might – you know, you see – like I know I have oak trees, and I have, you know, a million squirrels. And their jam is to bury the the acorns and and come back for them, but most of them they just forget. Or my cat eats the squirrel and they never come back, and they just naturally grow, you know, right. in that way. You can do the same thing. You can collect acorns and plant them, even even in pots, you know, and grow small small trees, and uh, you know that can be a, a pretty good business, or you know, it can just be for your own personal use. I like that, and then you can set up your own furniture business in 30 years, right? That's right. Plan man. for the future, your kids, right? Plan for the future. Yeah. Chestnuts right. and uh, walnut is really, really great for that. For long-term uh, stuff, your grandkids can really harvest some, uh, a lot of money worth of uh, walnut or chestnut. What you is know, the one uh, black walnut or whatever, where you kill the entire forest, but you have the cool, uh, the cool right. wood is that is that black walnut or something? Black like that? walnut, yep. But it, that you know they'll they'll take about eighty years to fully mature. So that you know yeah, it's, that's you're the investing long game. in the future. That's right, the long game. You know, mm-hmm. teach his own. I don't know. So it's just you know one more thing that's actually a huge asset that people don't like to think, I I think about gardening and, you know, they, Oh, that's not manly and cool. You know, people get caught up in guns and hunting and, you know, knives and survival stuff, but having a long game is really important. Um, That's right. You know, it, it all comes to the, the happy start over, you know, nobody wants to live a life under constant stress and, and on edge and, and whatever of where's my next meal coming from and whatever. And also what people don't realize is once you start getting into gardening and, and that kind of thing, um, the, uh, seeds are very expensive. Um, this kind of stuff is not cheap to buy. And if you can learn to harvest it, and the thing is, if you can, you know, do your research on YouTube or buy some books, and spend some time really learning master one or two or five and, you know, just keep expanding how you do it. And if you have the time and the resources, then master 20 at once, you know, whatever. But the idea is get really good at some and then trade with your friends, trade with people and learn to, you know, I mean, you should understand the basics of, you know, a full garden so that you can be sustainable forever. But man, if you can grow things that are consistent and, you know, I know that, that Darren and I have, have reached out and, and, you know, worked at doing some, you know, collaboration as far as seeds and that kind of thing. Um, it's been a little one-sided, but we won't talk about that. And, uh, but the idea is, you know, 
you work together and and help each other with the things that you can produce and that's you know the key you you know you master your thing and then share it with other people and it can really be a benefit you know seeds are worth a lot you know it, it, once you have security worked out having a sustainable fresh food supply that's going to be healthy and beneficial for everybody is going to make a big difference in your long-term plan and i think a lot of a lot of people have noticed over the past uh you know the past year six months that uh you might not necessarily be able to always get the fresh vegetables at the grocery store that you're hoping for you know you might not always have uh the you know the specific you know the grocery store usually has has enough to keep you keep you uh eating but you might not have the same variety you used to have um so it's it's good to have you know kind of your own little backup you know what kind of foods do you normally we even we even see it in the seed and stuff world where you know my wife uh we weren't able to get garlic um Mm -hmm. the grocery stores here really you only have garlic from china and when she went to buy garlic clothes where I'm from in New York is kind of a, a garlic uh, epicenter and whatnot. So right. we were able, you know, you never thought twice about, you know, getting a good garlic supply. And then, you know, once we were trying to order it online and figure it out, we're like, oh, <laughs> there's not any to buy. It's sold mm-hmm. out everywhere and it's impossible. And so yeah. it was something, you know, we ended up finding some and, and worked it out and, Again, I don't know how it's going to grow in the South here. Uh, we read some things about certain ones we'd want to really focus on and certain ones that may or may not that, you know, we like the taste. So we want to keep going with that. Um, I was always big in the more spicy, like the Russian red or the German red uh, garlic cloves, things like that. You end up with like a real taste to it that's more unique. But uh I, I know, you know, in the South where I am, they talk about a softer garlic is more what you're going to get. And there's different mm-hmm. breeds that are better for that. So we planted a bunch of both and we're going to see what happens. But yeah, but I know, mean, that's that's why you guys have so many uh, vampires down there. Exactly. Um, it's just you know, a lack of garlic, that, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I watched True Blood and that was all taking place down by where you're living now. So, you know, see. Now you're that's saying the it. Cause. That's the problem right there. Not bad. So that's what I got on seed saving. Um, anything concerning in the world? Everything's no, I, concerning in the world. <laughs> everything's concerning in the world. It's uh, yeah. The whole thing is is uh, going into chaos, and I'm looking forward to the next uh, the next seventy days because the news is going to be very entertaining. Everybody's losing their fucking minds, and it's great. They are losing their this, minds. This is my favorite. This is my favorite type of shit. When everybody's chaos, just losing huh? their shit, yeah, I love it. I love it. The pandemic, when we, the coronavirus started, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be fun, man. This is some fun shit happening now." I know, you know. Obviously, people are dying, and that's not fun. But you know, I I love this sort of uh, chaotic world. All right, I see how it is. So with that, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week.
The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.